Praise God. Thank you, Lord. You may be seated, brothers. Amen. Uh, well, praise God that you're in the house of the Lord. Amen. It is always good, brothers, to be in the house of the Lord. You know that we read scripture and David David continually says, brothers, that it was good for him to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. That it was better to dwell in the house of the Lord one day than thousands elsewhere. And the reason for that, brothers, is because you always have to find the, the remedy, or if you will, the key, amen, to being in the house of the Lord. Amen. And that's, brothers, coming to that personal relationship with Christ. Amen. Getting to know him, brothers, like David knew him. Amen. And we can also have that same relationship with him, brothers, when we actually come to the house of the Lord, brothers, not because we want something, but because we need of him. Amen. And that's basically why, why we are here, brothers. So thank you once again for being here. Amen. And as you know, brothers, how many of you remember the lessons that we've been studying or the new study that we started? What is the title? Victory. Amen. Victory. We've been studying on victory, brothers. And that's very important for us to understand. Victory. Why do we have the victory? We have the victory, brothers, because Christ lives in us. Because Christ has given us that victory. And because Christ has always been victorious. Amen. Since he's victorious, brothers, we can trust in his victory for you and I. Amen. And I know that life brings us challenges. Amen. How many of you have challenges, brothers, throughout the throughout the, the year? Amen. We have challenges. And those challenges, brothers, are sometimes, brothers, challenges, brothers, that we go through, brothers, and, and it's tough to get around them, brothers. It's tough, brothers, to, to see the light, if you will, brothers, beyond that, that challenge that we have. But the reality is, brothers, that we should always trust in what the Lord has already done for you and I. Amen. Trust in that. That he gave you the victory because he himself is victorious. Amen. And that le the lesson for today, very quickly, let's put it up there. Amen. Victorious hope. Amen. Victorious hope. You and I, brothers, have victorious hope, brothers, when we draw near to Christ. Amen. You and I. So there's also a point. Amen. The point. Very quickly, let's go to the point. You want to turn on... Uh, when we come to Jesus in faith, we find hope. Amen. When we come to Jesus in faith, we find hope. Amen. The Bible speaks about hope, brothers, throughout Scripture. And the Bible speaks, brothers, that we as Christians, now that we are believing in Christ and now that we are in Christ, brothers, our hope is not the same hope the other people have. In other words, those without Christ. That's what the Bible is speaking about. Their hope, brothers, only lasts, brothers, as far as it takes them. But our hope, brothers, takes us beyond that hope. Amen. Regardless of what we're going through, brothers, regardless of the circumstances, regardless of our finances, regardless of the sickness that we're going through, brothers, or, 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 or the, the difficulties that we're going through, brothers, when we trust in Christ, brothers, we actually have that blessed hope, that victorious hope, that even though we're going through that, brothers, we feel, brothers, and we know, brothers, beyond a shadow of a doubt, brothers, that there is hope in Christ. And that makes you, brothers, and that gives you the victory, brothers, to stand upright, brothers, and to stand proud, brothers, of who you are. Amen? Because a lot of times what happens, brothers, when problems occur, brothers, and problems come, brothers, we tend to bow our heads and we tend to sink lower of ourselves. Amen? We don't have that self-esteem, brothers, to continue walking or going forward. But when we understand who Christ is in your life, personal relationship with Christ, you realize, brothers, that no matter what you're going through, there is always hope. Amen? There is always hope. No matter that a loved one has passed away, brothers, you know there's hope. Amen? And, I, and I'm mentioning these things because those are difficult times, brothers. Amen? That we go through. 
death, brothers, is inevitable. In other words, we're all going to die one time or another. And it's going to be hard for those who stay alive. It's going to be difficult for them. But the reality is, brothers, that that's why, brothers, we build up this relationship with Christ to know Christ, brothers, that when that those things occur, which they will, amen, we understand, brothers, that we, brothers, have hope in Christ Jesus. Amen? In Christ Jesus. And that's very important. So very quickly, brothers, let's go into the lesson that we have for this morning. Praise God. I'm going to ask you. We're going to be reading. I think they gave me the wrong. Okay. I have it marked there. and I Okay, very quickly, brothers. Let's go into the lesson, brothers, and let's read, brothers. We're going to read verse by verse. That way we have a better understanding. So we're going to be reading in Matthew chapter 8, verse 5 through 7. Amen? And this is uh, uh, why we have the hope that we have. Very quickly. Let's go ahead and read that. When Jesus had entered, when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him asking for help. Lord, he said, my servant lies at home paralyzed, suffering terribly. Jesus said to him, Shall I come and heal him? Amen. So this is a story, brothers, about a man, a, a basically a centurion man, brothers, who is a Roman soldier, brother, who came to Jesus, brothers, and requested something of Jesus. At this time, Jesus was coming down from the mount, brothers, in other words, of teaching and preaching and, and showing the people, brothers, what God expected of them. The reason for that is because a lot of times we as human beings get it wrong. And he came, brothers, and taught, brothers, in the Temple Mount, and he came down and he said he entered into Capernaum, brothers, and there he met a man. But not just any ordinary man. Amen? He was a Roman. And as you know a little bit of Scripture, brothers, you realize that the Romans did not get along with the Jewish people. Amen? The Romans were in the power, brothers, and they had a lot of authority, and especially Roman soldiers, brothers. And in this case, brothers, it wasn't just a Roman soldier, but what he was, brothers, he was a, a captain, if you will, brothers, that had, brothers, a, a hundred men under his order, uh, under his government. Amen? And this is basically, if you if you understand a little bit about the, uh, how the Romans would work, brothers, they would call legions, and legions is basically a, a hundred men, one, one sixth of a legion. Amen? And, and this man, brothers, was no ordinary man, as I just finished saying. This man came to Jesus, and he was requesting something. And he asked Jesus for help. Amen? And this is the first thing that we have to understand, brothers, that it wasn't easy for this Roman man to come to Jesus because nobody believed in Jesus, first of all. Not even his people, not even the Jewish people believed in Jesus. Only some of them did. The majority of them doubted Jesus. The majority of them had one did not want to do anything with Jesus. And the other side, the Roman believe, or the Roman people, brother, didn't believe in, in, in the law to begin with. They didn't believe in God to begin with. According to Scripture, they had many gods. So, but for this man to come to Jesus and ask Jesus for help, brothers, automatically in doing so, brothers, teaches us a lot about who this man was. Amen? That the very first thing he did, brothers, in coming to Jesus is to realize, brothers, that I need help. And that's one thing that we all need to understand. We need help. Amen. We need help. And I'm not talking about physical help or financial help. I'm talking, brothers, about spiritual help. 
We need to understand that we are sinners and that we cannot do it alone. There is nothing in this world, brothers, or nothing that you and I can do, brothers, or any man or woman can do in order to obtain salvation on their own free merit. We need help. And that help only comes from one person. And this Roman uh, uh, soldier, amen, centurion, brothers, understood, brothers, where that help could be found. And that's why we have a lesson, brothers, amen, the lesson for this morning, brothers, is that victorious help. Because our help only comes from God. Our help only comes from Christ. And this man realized, brothers, and then through the circumstances that he was going through, brothers, he realized that the only one that could help him was Jesus. And this is, brothers, if you really picture this, you, you picture Jesus walking, brothers, along with his disciples after teaching, brothers, in the mountain, brothers, and teaching his people. And then suddenly this Roman soldier comes along, and brothers, and ask for help from Jesus, brothers. For him to be asking for Jesus for help, brothers, says a lot about him, brothers, and says, brothers, that he realized that he needed help, and the only person that could actually help him was Christ himself, Jesus himself. You know, there's still a lot of people today that still fail to realize, brother, that the only person that can help is Jesus. Of course, we get help from other people. It's true. We can go to the food stamp office and get help. We can go to uh, other places, brothers, and get help. But the reality is, brothers, that all those things are temporary. Amen? All those things are temporary, brothers. Amen? I can ask for help from somebody, brothers, and as long as, and I'll put it to you this way, as long as they have money, they can help. But if they run out of money, brothers, who am I going to go to for help? Amen? And I even just put it as, as far as this. If I'm sick, the Bible tells me, and it teaches brothers that those who are sick should run to a doctor or go see a doctor. Amen? And the physician can help me for a while, brothers. Amen? But what about when it reaches the point that the physician can no longer help you with what you have? Amen? We, heard, we know the story about the woman that had an issue of blood for 12 years. Amen. And the Bible teaches us and tells us 100%, brothers, that she ran out of money and her finances and everything because she went to doctors for 12 years. Can you imagine being sick for 12 years in this case at that time, brothers, and going to a doctor, to a physician, brothers, to get cured, and she was never cured? She realized, brothers, when she saw Jesus that the only person that could help, brothers, was Jesus himself. The only person that could heal her, brothers, 100%, brothers, was Jesus himself. And she realized that and she turned to Jesus. Amen. So, brothers, this is the same thing, brothers, that with this uh, centurion, captain, if you will, brothers, that realized, brothers, that the only person that could help was Jesus. And he says, Lord, he said, my servant is ill at home. We understand, brothers, according to the scripture, that this man, even though he's a Roman, brothers, amen, he's a Roman captain, brothers, if you will, he loved this servant so much, brothers, that he found it upon himself to go seeking Christ, brothers, and, and ask Jesus for help. And he tells him, brothers, the circumstances that he lies at home, brothers. Amen? And is almost close to death. He realizes that his servant is almost close to death, brothers. And then Jesus said unto him, Shall I go and heal him? The reply of Jesus, brothers, and this, brothers, Jesus replied, I will go to your house and I will heal him. Amen. But what I want you to see, brothers, if we read very quickly, brothers, if we turn the page there, brothers, and we read uh, uh, verse 8, brothers, all the way to verse 9, brothers, it tells us a little bit about what this man was all about. Amen. Very quickly. Let's read that. 
eight, the and nine. centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go, and he goes, and that one, come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. Amen. He replied, amen, the captain of the centurion replied and answered to the Lord, I am not worthy that you shall come under my roof. I'm reading this from the King James Version. Amen. I am not worthy that you shall come under my roof, but just speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. Notice, brothers, the faith of this man. Notice, brothers, that even though he was a Roman, brothers, a person that we, we could say, brothers, should not even believe in God, should not even believe in Christ. If the Jewish community at the time, brothers, were doubting in, this, in their Messiah, were doubting that Christ was the Messiah, brothers, but this Roman, brothers, answered Jesus, brothers, in a level, brothers, that no other man had ever answered Jesus. Jesus had performed, if you read scripture, you realize that Jesus had performed miracles prior to this, brothers. He had touched, he had spoken, brothers, he had literally been there, brothers, and the miracles had happened, brothers. But in this case, brothers, this man says unto Jesus, just speak the words. Just speak that word, and I know my servant shall be healed. But I am not worthy for you to step under my house or under my roof. Meaning, brothers, that he humbled himself before the Lord. He was actually humbling himself before the Lord. In other words, I don't deserve for you to come to my house. Because I'm not worthy of that. And this is one thing, brothers, that we should learn, brothers, from this Romans and Syrian captain, brothers. That we should learn, brothers, that if we don't learn to humble ourselves, brothers, before the Lord, brothers, we will never get results. The results will never be there. We're always looking for a solution. We're always looking for help, brother. But we lack to humble ourselves before the Lord. And God cannot do His thing, brothers. God cannot uh, act, brothers, in our in our or work, brothers, in our lives if we don't learn first to humble ourselves. You know, pride. The Bible says that pride, brothers, pushes God away. But those who humble themselves, God comes near. And when God is near, brothers, good things happen. Amen? When Christ is near, good things happen. But when we don't learn to humble ourselves, listen, brothers, we can ask for help, brothers, for everything that we might be going through. Physically. But if we don't learn to seek Christ, to seek Jesus, brothers, with a true heart, with a humble heart, brothers, we're never going to get results. Amen. We're gonna, and I don't know if you, if you heard this. People live day by day. Financially, people live day by day. But it's in the spiritual spectrum of that, we shouldn't live day by day. We should understand, brothers, that God is there. We should understand, brothers, that God is sovereign. We should understand, brothers, that God provides. We should understand that we can rely and trust and have hope, brothers, in Christ. Amen. That's our faith. But a lot of times we get so accustomed, brothers, to living day by day. In other words, if I can make it today, I'll probably make it tomorrow. And we shouldn't be going through that, brothers. We should understand, even though the Bible says, brothers, that we should live day by day, but it's actually talking, brothers, that we should rely on Christ day by day and not on people that can actually help. Amen? That's what the Bible teaches, brothers. 
This man understood, brothers, the key, if you will, the secret, brothers, to being blessed, brothers. Humble himself. I am not worthy for you to be under my roof. I don't deserve that, Lord. How many of us really deserve, brothers, the forgiveness of Christ? We don't. Amen? We don't. We don't deserve the forgiveness of Christ. We don't deserve his grace. We don't deserve his love. We don't deserve his mercy, brothers, according to the scriptures. Amen? But yet, you have experienced Christ, Jesus, in your life, brothers, when you learn to humble yourself. Did you know, brothers, that pride, brothers, actually, brothers, uh, ruins our lives? When we are prideful, ruins our lives. Because we think, I don't need anybody. And I don't need the God especially. I can do this on my own. I really don't need Jesus. And people walk through life, brothers, without Jesus, thinking, I don't need him. But when things get really tough, and things get really rough, amen, people usually turn to Jesus. But it doesn't have to be that way. Things doesn't have to be bad, brothers, in order for us to seek God. Amen? We should understand, brothers, that if we humble ourselves now, brothers, his mercy will be there. The help will be there. Amen? And that, look, at, look at this centurion uh, captain, brothers. Amen? He says, I am not worthy, amen, for you to step under my roof or to come under my, the, the, my house. But just speak. And I love that part, brothers. He says, just speak the word. It doesn't say words. It says the word. Speak the word. Amen? It says, speak the word only, and my servant shall be what? Healed. Now notice, brothers, that he was applying faith to them. Amen? He was applying faith. Just speak the word, and my servant shall be healed. Now notice that the servant, brothers, is not applying faith here. Amen? Where is the servant? At home, in a deathbed, if you will. It is his, his master, if you will, the centurion, captain, brothers, that is applying faith in behalf of the servant. Amen? He is applying his faith in behalf of the servant. And he says to Jesus, just speak the word. And he shall be healed. He understood, brothers, amen, who Jesus was. He realized, brothers, who was standing in front of him. He realized that Jesus had authority. That Jesus had authority, brothers, over physical illness. He realized that Jesus had authority, brothers, over just to speak the word. Amen. Did you know that the, the, the Genesis says, brothers, that God spoke and it was done? Amen. The Bible says that, Jesus, that God spoke and he created. The only thing that he did not create, brother, just by speaking was you and I. He formed, the Bible says, he formed with his hands into clay, man. And then he blew, but he never spoke when he created man. But everything else he created by speaking the word. Did you know the Bible also teaches, brother, that when you and I speak, amen, that the tongue is powerful. When you speak, it will come to pass. Why? This man understood exactly who Jesus 
was. He realized that Jesus, brothers, only he had to do is speak. And in speaking, brothers, everything had to obey him. If he spoke healing, it had to healing had to occur. It wasn't a one a thing, brothers, that maybe it'll happen. It wasn't, brothers, that he was doubting and saying, well, maybe it'll happen. No, he was saying, if you speak it, I know that he will be healed. How many of us, brothers, truly have that kind of faith? How many of us truly hope, brothers, and have, brothers, that in our lives? That we know, brothers, that if we speak, it'll happen. Well, this man said to Jesus, if you speak the word, it'll happen. He was implying, brothers, and the authority of Jesus, brother. He knew, brothers, who Jesus was. And the reason for this, brothers, that is set there, brothers, is because you have to understand that nobody believed in Jesus, brothers. The Jewish community did not believe in Jesus. But it didn't matter to this Roman soldier, brothers, excuse me, captain, brother, it didn't matter that nobody else believed. He believed. Amen? He believed. And that's the important thing, brothers, that you and I believe, brother, regardless of what the world is saying, regardless about what, what people are saying around you, you are the one, brothers, that should believe regardless of who doesn't believe. Amen? Notice that this man was moved, brothers, to come to Jesus when others were not moved to come to Jesus. Did you know Jesus did not perform a lot of miracles in his hometown because they were dark? They didn't believe in him. And the Bible says that he could not perform no miracles in his own town. But in other towns, he was able to perform miracles. Why? Because there were people that believed. In other words, if we don't believe, brothers, and we don't trust in who Jesus is, brothers, we're never going to see, brothers, the wonderful works, brothers, of Christ. And we're going to go through our Christian life not ever seeing, brothers, a miracle, brothers, performing in anything, not even in our own circumstances. And that's not what God wants. He wants us to be able to see, brothers, that he can provide. Amen? He wants us to see, brothers, that we can literally trust and rely on him, brothers, for everything of our lives. Amen? That's physical, spiritually, and financially, brother. He wants us to understand that he is the one that provides. He is the one that gives. He is the one that can do it, brother, but we need to trust in him and know who he is. Because if we don't know who he is, brothers, we're never going to run to him. Actually, we're going to run away from him and seeking help from everybody else. This man understood who Jesus was, brothers, and he said, and he identified Jesus, or he, he, he claimed, brothers, that if Jesus would only speak the words, it'll happen. And then he explains, brothers, his belief. Amen? He explains his belief, brothers, when he said, just speak the words, and, it shall, and I know that he shall be healed, my servant shall be healed. And then he goes on, verse 9, he says, for I am a man under authority. Listen to that. He's talking about himself. The captain, the centurion captain is talking about himself. For I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. If I say to this man, go, he goes. And if I say to the other one, come, he comes. And if I say to the servant, do this, he'll do it. What is he doing? Why did he mention these words? He's having a conversation with Jesus and he told him, all you have to do is speak. And it'll happen. And then he, he explains why he said that. He says, because I'm also a man that has authority. 
I'm a man that has, that I'm under authority. Now notice, when he says under authority, he's not saying that Jesus is under authority. No, he's saying that Jesus has authority to do whatever he says, and it'll happen. He understood, brothers, and he starts giving basically the definition to what faith was for him. Amen. And he says, I say, I, I am a, a man that has, excuse me, I am a man under authority. And I have soldiers under me. And if I say to one man, go, he goes. If I say to another one, come, he listens, he comes. In other words, the soldiers, brothers, when they had a Roman so, uh, captain in front of them, they, they didn't have no say so. If the captain says, I want you to come here, he would come. He would say, well, why do you want me to come? Do I really need to come? Like sometimes we do. God says, do this? Really? Why? Amen. Not, not the Roman soldiers. And he, he's explaining. I am a man of authority. I tell this man to come, and he comes. I tell this man to go, and he goes. I tell my servants, do this, and they do it. In other words, there's no question. In other words, because I have authority, nobody questions my authority. That's what he's actually explaining about faith. And he's telling Jesus, and I know that you have authority to tell sickness, leave, and it'll leave. It wouldn't ask you, well, why? Notice that. That's what he's saying. In the same way that I have physical authority over my man, you have authority over everything. And if you speak to sickness and you say, sickness, leave, sickness is not going to sit around and say, well, why? Do I really have to leave? I like this place. I want to be in this man. I want to be here. It doesn't say that. He's saying, in other words, if you speak to sickness, sickness will automatically listen and obey you because it has to. It has no choice. It has no choice but to do what you tell it to do. And then listen to this. Verse 10, it says, And when Jesus heard it, he marveled. Amen. When Jesus heard this, he marveled and said unto them that followed. All the people that were following, all the Jewish people that were following. Verily I say unto you, I have not found so great a faith, no, not in Israel. In other words, what Jesus is saying, brothers, first of all, he was surprised at this man's faith. He was surprised, brothers, because he didn't expect, brothers, for a Roman soldier to have such a great faith as he found in this man. First of all, because he was Roman. They didn't believe in God to begin with. And the people that were supposed to have faith didn't have faith. I have not found, not even in Israel, meaning not even among you, that's what Jesus was saying. I didn't find faith in you that you're supposed to have faith. Because I am, after all, your God. I came for you to save you first. And you didn't believe me, but this man, who is a Roman, who basically didn't deserve to believe, he believes greater than you all believe. And if we apply it to today's, today's church, brother, a lot of times the church doesn't believe, but the unbeliever believes greater than we do. The church is the one that's supposed to have faith and know who Christ is in their lives. Not the people without Christ, brothers. Not the people that are out there. 
Amen. Not the people, brothers, that are, don't know Christ, brothers, doing better than we are in faith, brothers, and doing all the things that they that the Bible tells us to do. They, they, it shouldn't be them. It should be the church, brothers, moving forward. It should be the church, brothers, trusting in God. It should be the church, brothers, relying and knowing that Christ can do what he says he can do only by speaking the word. But a lot of time it's the church, brothers, that doubt. So never get too comfortable, brothers. Did you know things arise, brothers, because a lot of times we get too comfortable and we're not applying faith. We just get used to the idea that everything's okay. And God has to kind of shake the water a little bit. You know that if you have something in, in water, brothers, and it settles to the bottom, the water's clear on top and everything's fine and dandy, but a lot of times God comes and shakes it around so it'll mess up a little bit your life so you can... Learn to have faith and trust in Him. Because when a lot of people, brothers, have this happen. When everything's fine, brothers, they never see God because they think they don't need God. So He comes and shakes up the foundation of you, shakes up your lives, and people realize, oh, it's not as the way I thought it was. And they start seeking God. But God has a habit of doing that a lot of times. This man, brothers, understood, had no need, brothers, for God to shake up his life. He knew exactly in who he believed in, brothers. Amen. And this man, brothers, applied, brothers, amen, his faith in Christ Jesus. He understood, brothers, amen, who Christ was. And Jesus did not find, brothers, this type of faith in all Jerusalem, in all Israel. He did not find this type of faith. But this man... In this Roman, he found it. And that's amazing, brothers, that Jesus was able to find, brothers, such faith, brothers, in a man, brothers, that basically wasn't a believer. We want to see it that way. He was yet to be a believer, but he understood what Jesus was. You know, brothers, and with this, brothers, a lot of times people out there respect more, more Christ, more Jesus, brothers, and sometimes even the believers. We get sometimes too comfortable with Jesus, brothers, that we play around with his name, which we shouldn't. You know, people tend to make jokes of Jesus, which we shouldn't. And I'm talking about the Christian community. We take our Christianity lightly. Well, if I want to, I'll do it. If I, brothers, how many of you read your scripture daily, brother? You should. And if you're not, you're taking it lightly. If you don't pray daily, brothers, you're taking it lightly. Amen. And all those other things, brothers. If you don't fast, brothers, on a regular basis, you're taking it lightly. Amen? If you don't realize, brothers, that this is about, about Christ in your life, brothers, and knowing who Christ is, brothers, on a daily basis. Listen, brothers, even every decision that you and I make, brothers, has to do with, with our Christianity. Amen? Every decision that you make, whether good or bad, brothers, has to do with our Christianity. And if we're walking with Christ, listen, brothers, and I always say this, and I'll say it again. If you're a person that reads your Bible, if you're a person, brothers, that fasts, if you're a person, brothers, that, that, that is praying on a daily basis, brothers, your life should reflect those things that you're doing. Amen? They should reflect. In other words, what, what am I saying? In other words, they should reflect your decision-making. You could tell me that you're praying all the time. That you're praying, that you're praying, that you're praying, that you're praying. And I'm reading my Bible. I read my Bible every day. And oh, the Lord spoke to me. And the Lord this, and the Lord this. But your decision making, brothers, goes down the drain, brothers. Then you're not really praying. And you're not really seeking the Lord the way you're supposed to. 
if you're making more mistakes in your life than good mistakes, than good good thing, choices, brother, then something is definitely wrong in your life. And you can tell me as much as you want. I, I read the Bible every day. You can tell me I read the Bible. I go and pray all the time. But you're making the wrong decisions, brother. Something is definitely wrong. Something is out of line. And it's not the Bible and it's not God. It's not Jesus. It's you. Because obviously, brothers, something is wrong. And we can't blame it on God. Something that you're doing is not right. You cannot be seeking the Lord, brothers, and trusting in the Lord and believing in the Lord and having hope in the Lord, brothers, if you're constantly making wrong decisions. And it doesn't take a genius. Listen, brothers, it doesn't take a genius to realize that you're making bad decisions. Amen? It doesn't take a genius. And every day we have to make decisions. I have to make a decision this morning whether I get up or not. Right? We all do. Do I get up or not? And then the next decision, do I wash my face or not? Do I shave or not? And so many decisions that we have to make, you probably made about a thousand decisions before you got here. Right? But then there's some decisions, brothers, that we have to make, brothers, that on a daily basis, regarding my lifestyle, regarding where I go and don't go, regarding of who, who I hang around with, who, who I befriend and don't befriend, and so on and so forth. There's a lot of those decisions, brothers. And, and brothers, we have to realize that all those decisions, brothers, have to be based, brothers, on my relationship with Jesus. Amen? And my relationship. Is it good for me to make uh, uh, some decisions? You have to be the judge of that. You know? I, as a parent, brothers, I used to tell my boys, I don't want you to be hanging around with this type of person. I don't want you to be hanging around with this person. You better be careful what you say because I'm going to find out about it. When you go to school, I know you have friends, but you be careful with your friends because they can lead you the wrong way. That's when they were small. Amen? And this is the thing that I would get back from them. But, Dad, stop treating me like a little baby. I'm an adult now. Treat me like an adult. Well, act like an adult and make decisions like adults. Then you'll be treated like such. Right? And even nowadays, brothers, you want to be treated by God. And I'm talking about God the Father. You want to be treated as an adult? Well, act like an adult. You want to be treated, brothers, with godliness? Then act godly. There's no reason, brothers, for nobody to be pushing you to be a Christian. You should know, brothers, and you should have that relationship with Christ on your own. Amen? Circumstances, put it this way, not even circumstances, brothers, should push you to be a Christian. Because it's not about circumstances that pushes us to be Christian. It's about having that relationship with Christ. Well, this man, brothers, even though yet he was an unbeliever, he was truly a believer because he had more faith than the believers themselves. And Jesus claimed, I had never seen such a face as this man. He has more faith than all of you put together, in other words. A Roman soldier, a Roman captain. Then he goes on to say very quickly, let's read. Verse 11. It says, I say to you that many will come from the east and the west and will take their places at the feast with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. Continue reading. 
but the subjects of the kingdom will be thrown outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then Jesus said to the centurion, Go, let it be done as you believed it would. And his servant was healed at that moment. Amen. Verse 11, brothers, and verse 12, it seems like Jesus kind of changes the subject. They were talking about healing. They were talking about the, the, the centurion man and Jesus were kind of talking about whether you come to my house or not. Amen. To heal my servant. This is the way it started. I need help. My servant is sick. And Jesus says, I'll go. He says, no, Lord, I am not worthy for you, but I am a man of authority. I recognize your authority, Jesus. I know who you are. And then Jesus kind of changes the subject. It seems like it, but he didn't. If we, if we understand it according to the scriptures. It says in verse 11, and he said unto, him, unto you, amen. The, the, many shall come from the east and from the west and sit down on Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. It's like, what is, how, why are you mentioning, basically, why are you mentioning Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and the kingdom of heaven if we're not talking about the kingdom of heaven? And then he goes on to say in verse 12, but the children of the kingdom shall be cast out into outer darkness. Listen to this. Shall be cast out into outer, other, outer darkness and they shall be weeping and grinding the teeth. It's like, he changed the conversation 100% into the kingdom of heaven and those who will be in or out of the kingdom of heaven. But the reason for this, brothers, is because he's talking about having hope and having faith in Jesus. The Roman soldier, brothers, the Roman captain, realized and understood, brothers, and gave tribute to who Jesus was. He realized that Jesus was the Messiah. He realized that Jesus was God himself. Just speak the words and it'll happen. He realized, brothers, being basically an unbeliever, he realized who Jesus was. The Jewish people who should have seen this failed to realize and attribute or honor Jesus with the same faith. And that's why Jesus goes on to say these words, brothers, because he was saying or teaching them, brothers, the reality, brothers, of their circumstances. Other people will come from the east and from the west. In other words, Gentiles will believe in me and they will take over the seats that belong to you. And they shall see it said, and the seats of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Those seats, brothers, were only brothers, destined, brothers, for the Jewish community. Not the Gentiles like you and I. Only for the Jewish people. In other words, they were the ones that were invited, brothers, to the final wedding supper. They were the only ones, brothers, that were promised, brothers, that they would be with God forevermore. But in this case, Jesus says, because you did not believe like this man did, and because I didn't find faith in you all, then people will come from the east and from the west and take over the seas that belong to you. In other words, brothers, we were we are invited, brothers, to a wedding supper. The invitation is out there, Christ Jesus. The only way we can get in through those doors, brothers, is through having a card. And the card is basically Jesus himself. We are invited, brothers, to attend. They were invited to attend, brothers, but they failed to attend, brothers, because of the lack of faith. They did not believe in Christ. And then he goes on to say, amen, he goes on to say, but the children, meaning the Jewish people, 
the Jewish people, brother, the children of the kingdom. In other words, in, a, in another scripture, the elect. In other words, it's saying, brother, you were elected, the children of the kingdom. You were from the kingdom. But then I will cast you out into utter, utter darkness where there will be weeping and grinding of teeth. What is it replying to, brothers? In other words, because of your lack of faith and because you did not believe like this Roman uh, uh, captain did, then one day will come the time. And the end days will come the time when you won't be able to come into the kingdom and I will cast you out into utter darkness. What is utter darkness, brothers? Separation from God. Separation from Christ. Hell itself. And there shall be weeping and grinding of teeth. In other words, you're going to mourn, you're going to cry, because you had it. I came for you, and you didn't believe. Wouldn't it be horrible, brothers? The Bible speaks of, 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 of us now, brothers. In the New Testament, it says, brothers, that it's a horrible thing for a person that was under grace and knew the grace of God, brothers, and abandoned it for the worldly lust of the world. It'll be a great torment for that person. But this is basically why Jesus, in other words, Jesus didn't say the subject, what he's doing, but just implying, enforcing the subject of faith and hope in Christ. I am your hope. Only in me will you find that blessed hope. And that's why he went on to say, but you were in. I came for you, and I didn't find faith in you. I didn't find faith in you people. And that's why that day will come where you will be cast out into our outer darkness, amen, where there will be weeping and grinding of teeth. In other words, he brought a lesson, brothers, based on what was happening. Because there was a lot of the Jewish people there, brothers, and he was actually directing himself to the Jewish people, wanting them to understand this man has more faith than you all. You know, we're always learning, brothers, sometimes by, by, by things that happen in our life. We're learning, and sometimes we stumble. Amen. Physically stumble, brothers. And the reason we stumble, brothers, is because we're not really looking where we're going. Amen. And I don't know why it is, brothers, that when we stumble, we always tend to look back. Have you ever noticed that? Because we want to see what's, what made me stumble. And, and the reason for that, brothers, I think, brothers, that we do it as a normal reaction, brothers, is to picture it in our mind. Get it, get it, get it. Next time you're walking through there, remember there's a stumble there. Amen. Because it would be crazy of me, brothers, to be walking through a road, brothers, and stumble, look back, and then the next day, brothers, pass through there and stumble again. It would be crazier, brothers, for me to walk the third day and re-stumble, brothers, because I, I felt to memorize or realize that there's a stumbling block there. Amen? And if I continue to do that, brothers, I'm no longer crazy. I'm basically insane. Right? But why is it that we stumble through life making the wrong decisions all the time, brothers? Why do we stumble through life making the wrong decisions all the time? Don't we learn from them? Don't we learn, brothers, that not seeking God, not really believing, not humbling ourselves before God and understanding that He is the only help, He is our only hope, brothers? And we continue to stumble. Are we truly insane? You figure that one out. Amen? Figure that one out. If you keep stumbling, brothers, 
Ask yourself, am I insane? Am I really crazy? And use the other word the kids use. And I'll go down here to use it. Am I really stupid? That's what kids say, right? Are you really that? You can ask you can answer that on your own. I'm not gonna say that. But yeah. We make the wrong decisions all the time, brother. We keep stumbling and stumbling and stumbling. We're not supposed to, if we understand who Christ is. If we're leading a godly life, brother, we should not be people who stumble all the time. We should not be people, brother. We should learn from our stumbles, brothers, and learn to walk righteously before God. Amen? And apply faith, brothers, to the situation. Situations come to our life, brothers, and we apply faith, brothers. God gives us the victory, brothers. And we've been studying, gives us the victory. I should learn, brothers, the next time, brothers, I apply uh, Faith and hope, brothers, in Christ Jesus, and he'll give me the victory. Amen? Instead of going through the same, brothers, and this is something that as pastors we see all the time. People like, and, and really my prayer is like, Lord, why can't they get it? Why can't they get it? Why do they make the same mistake over and over and over and over? Why can't they get it? Well, this man got it, and he understood. And listen, let's let's go ahead and just finish first and read the last part of this. The last verse. And Jesus said unto the centurion, Go thy way, as thou hast believed, so let it be done unto thee. Notice that it had to do with his faith. As you have believed, and I'll, and I'll change it a little bit, as you have believed, then let it done accordingly. Amen. Jesus acted, brothers, and he has authority over everything. But Jesus came back and says, let it be done according to your belief. He made it personal. He put the whole burden of proof of receiving upon the man. If you believe, let it be done according to you. Amen. And it's, that's the reality of things. And then he says, he left, brothers, and from that very hour, that same hour, brothers, his servant was healed. In other words, it proved, brother, that he truly had faith. He didn't speak all these words, brothers, just for nothing. He spoke them because he truly had faith. Now, brothers, the question is here, the very last part, brothers, let it be done according to your faith. That's where it gets tough. Because I know that God can do all things. Right? You know that? God can do all things, brother. There's nothing impossible for God to do. There's nothing impossible in the name of Jesus, the Bible says. And the Bible says you can do all things through Christ. All things through Christ who strengthens you. But the Bible also says that you can do all things. You can do all things, brothers. Amen? Through Christ. Christ can do anything. But can we do anything? We can if we apply faith to it, brothers. And understand exactly what faith is. Amen. That's why he said, let it be done according to your belief. As thou hast believed. Everything relies, brothers, in my relationship with Christ. Things are not going to change in your life unless you have that relationship with Christ. And you truly believe in who Christ is. Not in the everybody else, but in your own personal life. Amen. That's when things, you start seeing, brothers, how God works. And you start seeing the miracles of God in your life. When you apply Jesus to your own life and you realize who he truly is. Because it doesn't matter that I know him, brothers. It matters that you know him. Amen? On a personal basis. Once you learn to do that, brothers, and understand exactly what that is, brothers, 
then you'll truly be blessed. Amen? I'm going to ask you to please stand for this. And I know that you know, as this whole church has known, brothers, that we've been going through a lot of things, brothers. Amen? The church has been going through a lot of things, brothers. There's individual families, brothers, that have been going through things in their lives. There's been a lot of people who have been sick. Amen? A lot of people who have been going through things in their lives. Amen? And my advice, brothers, is that come to know Jesus and hold on to Jesus. Build up that relationship with Jesus, and Jesus will bless you in return. Amen. So I'm going to ask you to bow your heads, brothers, so that we can pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we praise you and we thank you this morning, Lord. Father, there's people here, Father, that yet have to come to know you. There's people, Father, that have heard about you, Lord, who have been here before, Lord have not walked with you. Father, I pray this morning for their lives, Lord. I pray, Father, that through this word, Father, they may understand, Lord, that it's about them and it's about you. It's about them building a relationship with you, Lord, and applying their faith and trust solely in you, Lord. All the other things will fade away, Lord. The help will fade away, Lord. All those people, Lord, that might help you, father, mother, brother, or sister, Lord, might one day not be here, Lord, to help you. But you will always abide. You will always remain, Lord. Father, that's why this morning, Lord, I turn to you and solely to you, Lord. And I ask, Father, that you first of all forgive my sins and my transgressions, Lord. And that you cleanse me, Lord, and make me, Lord, white as snow, Lord. And that you help me to realize, Lord, that it's my personal walk with you, Lord, from this day forward, Father. I dedicate myself to you, Lord, Father. And I dedicate my life to you, Lord. I ask, Father, that you help me walk in you, Lord, and believe and trust in you, Lord, as this Roman guard, Lord, as this Roman soldier, Lord, as this Roman captain did, Lord, Father, in behalf of his servant, Lord. That he applied faith, Lord, to everything that he spoke and everything he did, Lord. And the end result was a good result, Father. His servant was healed. Father, we ask for the very same thing, Lord, in our lives, Father. There's people here that are sick, Lord. We can pray and pray and pray, Lord, but if they don't apply their own faith, Lord, to the situation, they'll never be healed, Lord. I ask you, Father, to lead them, Lord, to believe that they are healed, Lord, and to build up that relationship with you. There's people here in financial ruin, Lord, and financial necessity, Lord. Help them to realize, Father, that it's only to seeking you, Lord, that you will provide and you will bless and you will give, Lord. You are our resource, Lord. You are the giver of life. You are the giver, Lord, of our food, Lord, and everything else that we need, Lord. For you provide for the birds, Lord, and you will provide for us, Lord. That only comes, Lord, when we put our faith and our trust in you. Father, we turn to you this morning, Lord, and I pray, Lord, upon this church, Lord, the power, Lord, the victory, Lord, and the hope, Lord, that only comes from you. We pray this in Jesus' powerful name. Amen and amen.